On this episode of JR the P. The reviews are in, cocksucker. Tremendous. The life of a comedy savage. Who's better than you? Like a doctor. Like a soldier. I'm giving it five stars of death. Out of five, kid. You know? Uncle Joey. Joey Coco Diaz. Yes. Tremendous. The life of a comedy savage. Five out of five stars. Tremendous. Hats off to you, Uncle Joey. Yes. Knocked it out of the park. He did it. He truly did. Um, I quit swimming lessons. Yeah. Fuck him. I told you guys um, a couple weeks ago I was uh, taking swimming lessons. Now, first of all, I mean, I hung in there pretty long. I mean, you know, I got where I could out of it, but it was just coming to a point of diminishing returns, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, they got us paired with the juniors, you know? There's like a fucking junior swim class, like right next door to me as I'm doing a swim class. Like, right in the same, like, you know, in the shallow end. We're all in the shallow end, right? None of us could swim. So, <clears throat> you know, the first day, we had to evacuate the pool because, you know, somebody peed in the pool. So, happy Pride Month, though I will be um, staying home this whole month as a staycation. That was an old joke of mine. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Perfect time for a staycation. <laughs> What are you doing for vacation this Pride Month? I'm taking a staycation from all these weirdos staying at home. So, I mean, yo, God bless the community of the uh, LGBTQ plus and beyond. Um, hey, all I know is that I calls it like I sees it. I see that they're caught up in their lusts. They're, uh, they're in their lust. They're um, acting just as lustful and as debauched as a heterosexual person would be if they're, you know, uh, the heterosexual man or woman that jumps into bed with, you know, women and men, you know, just the heterosexual player. They're just as deprived, the LGBTQ plus community. It's just a lustful, you know impractical way of living it's really all-consuming when you're bound by your lusts and your base desires so hey that's their lifestyle they have the right to be that way just in my view keep it to yourself keep it to yourself don't ask don't tell it's your alternative lifestyle it's your business and of no interest to anyone else that's my point wagwan it's your old chuckle buddy guess who Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 31st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Oh, hey, folks. How you doing? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, that is, this is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, 
kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yeah, I'm going to be in your will someday. You know, when you die, kick the bucket, and you're dead to the world and useless to most, that's where I kick in. A lot of times when people have been helped and uh, tricked into a sense of belief, they show appreciation by willing their life savings to um, their their uh, messiah. So that's where I kick in, you know, like your family members will, will be like crying at your bedside. Oh, he's dead. Then they'll like read the will. Motherfucker. He left everything to Jonathan Ramtran of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, that is. Yeah, that's how meaningful my show is. I'm going to, you know, pull a Bernie Madoff on you motherfuckers. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Jonathan, pronounced Jonathan, Jonathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Politician thumb. You know I'm making a point. You know it truly is, my political friends. Yes. It's hot. Telling you, boy. Spring has sprung and I'm a spritzin. You know what I mean? When you get squawking under them lights, boy, it gets hot. Oh. Yo! All right. Moving right along here. The reviews are in, cocksucker. Tremendous. The life of a comedy savage. Who's better than you? Like a doctor. Like a soldier. I'm giving it five stars of death. Out of five, kid. You know? Uncle Joey. Joey Coco Diaz. Yes. Tremendous. The life of a comedy savage. Five out of five stars. Tremendous. Hats off to you, Uncle Joey. Yes, knocked it out of the park. He did it. He truly did. Um, you know, from my position as a comedian and also as a fan, just watching comedy and stuff like that, this is something that is meaningful for the comedian. Definitely a required a required read for any like person interested in comedy. I put it up there with some of the things I've read, like uh, Prior Convictions um, and Other Life Sentences by Richard Pryor, his autobiography, Prior Convictions by Richard Pryor. Other ones being, um, you know, that I've read, uh, it ain't easy being, hey, it ain't easy being me, you know? It ain't easy being me. A Life of No Respect, But Plenty of Sex and Drugs by Rodney Dangerfield, you know, um, based on a true story, a memoir by Norm MacDonald, um, you know, Born Standing Up, um, 
A Comic's Life, um, I believe is the full title of that one. Born Standing Up, A Comic's Life by Steve Martin. So those are some of the ones that I've read as a comedian and as a fan. And I put tremendous right up there. Five stars of death, kid, out of five. We're going deep into the murky waters. <laughs> you degenerate fucks. Yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous read. Um, I opted for the audiobook. Um, I got the audiobook um, just to hear, you know, Uncle Joey do his thing. Um, but also um, co-authored, his co-author in the project, in the book, Erica Florentine. Yes, Erica Florentine. Um, she helped him with this autobiography. They worked together on it. And it, it would definitely make for a great read as well. Very smooth, very um, on point. It just flowed. It was an easy listen, an enjoyable, tremendous listen. So I wouldn't doubt, I wouldn't doubt that it would be a great read as well. It just flowed, right? So, you know, definitely required reading for any comedian, any person interested in comedy and um, pop culture, the whole um, show business, Hollywood um, scene, and also personal revelation, like overcoming, you know, overcoming in life. That's very much Uncle Joey's message and his appeal to his many fans, you know, myself included. The book is in um, three parts. Um, starts off with his childhood, part one. Then part two being like what happened to him, what he went through. And part three being um, how he turned his life around, how he overcame. So three parts, childhood, what he went through, and how he overcame. And, you know, that's so, that's so um, relevant to the listener. You know what I mean? Um, who can't relate? Who can't relate to, you know, the trials and tribulations of life? You know, we all have our crosses to bear, so to speak. You know what I mean? And in a tremendous fashion, cocksucker. I mean, he even slapped a nun. Some of like the stories that uh, get down in the nitty gritty in Tremendous. I mean, we all have our crosses to bear. Like, for example, he socked a nun. <laughs> Only a comedy savage would go into that type of territory. And what a life and what a, what a story, you know. I'll let you get into that tale with the nun. You could check that out in the book. Many other tales of debauchery, debauchery and hilarity. Um, so, you know, this book, Tremendous. For those of y'all who kind of have heard of it, for those of you who are a fan of Uncle Joey and, you know, you're familiar, like for me, how I got into Uncle Joey was, um, you know, Listening to podcasts, you know, there's all there's um, you know one of the most popular ones, the Joe Rogan Experience. You know, I'd be watching Joe Rogan Experience. This is like I don't know, 2015 or something like that, 2014. So you know, I'd be watching um, 
Joe Rogan experience. And, you know, I'd hear him talking with, um, you know, talking about comedy and stuff like that. Great podcast. And then, you know, you'd have guests like Doug Stanhope, you know, and um, they'd be just talking about comedy. And they start talking about this savage named Joey Coco Diaz. You know, and eventually I would see Joey on um, the Joe Rogan experience, you know, and he'd be, you know, I got something to tell you, Joe Rogan. You know, all those years, you know, on the road with you doing them shows with Red Band, you know, and, you know, we'd be, you take me on the set of news radio and talk, I'm telling you, you know, like, you were always a gentleman to me, Joe Rogan. You know, you take me to the set of news radio and, you know, I'd be eating fucking king crab. I'd be eating giant shrimp scallops. You know, I'd be shoveling it into my face. And, you know, you know, I felt terrible, absolutely terrible, Joe Rogan, you know. Didn't have a pot to piss in, but you always treated me like a gentleman, Joe Rogan. You know, salute. I'll smoke a little toot salutes. <laughs> I'm going to dip your waters, kid. The murky water's a death, kid. And I'm like, who the fuck is this savage, you know? And he'd be telling stories, you know. One time I set a hooker's wig on fire. The bitch had it coming to her. She tried to scam my buddy out of a blowjob. So I grabbed, I snatched that wig off that bitch's head and I set it on fire, Jack. You know, who's better than you? You know, we ain't fucking around. And I'm like, what? What am I witnessing? This big, larger-than-life character, the gruff voice, the hard background, the comedy chops, you know, it's just like a force of nature on film and live in person as a stand-up. I mean, considered one of the best stand-ups out there in this day and age. And he's just like a force. You'd be watching him and like, at first, I was like very much like everyone. I was like, you know, he's going into his tales. You know, I used to steal. I used to rob motherfuckers, break into a jewelry store. You know, I'd snatch a fucking purse from a granny. I don't give a fuck, Jack. I was stealing with three hands, you know. I was snorting coke. I was smoking dope, you know. Around the clock, motherfucker. And then you're like... I was like, yo, like some some petty criminal fucking junkie, you know. And, you know... On the other hand, too, you know, it's like, why he's so relatable? I say junkie. He's very open with that. What also drew me in, too, is because, like, for example, myself had a bit of a drinking problem. I had a drinking problem, and I, I'm a stand-up comedian. So, like, I was really kind of drawn into his story. I was seeing a lot of parallels. I was relating, you know, um, myself and my humble career doing my thing, relating to the uh, the lean years, no pun intended, or no uh, joke intended, but the lean years in the uh, Coco Diaz world when he's like just out on the grind, struggling, uh, banging it out as a comic. I was like, that's what I was relating to, like the the open mics, the the one-nighters, the, you know, you make 50 bucks at a little gig, you're... You're middling for a weekend at a club and you made 250 bucks. Oh my God, I'm in the game. And the drinking, the debauchery, the hangovers, you know, I'd be waking up with hangovers and, you know, just my own personal, my own personal little hell. I was kind of like relating to it in Uncle Joey, just hearing his stories and, but also just like hesitant, you know, he's like, like a comedy savage, the motherfucker, 
you know, true to form. That is that is what the motherfucker is, a savage jack, right? So I'm, I'm kind of like hesitant to this guy. I'm like, I'm not really understanding him. I'm misunderstanding him, right? And that's a point that uh, Uncle Joey tried to emphasize in this book is putting his story out there, just trying to come clean with it, come clean with everything and be understood for what he went through to get to where he is. So in the beginning, I too, like everyone, was misunderstanding him. Then I was listening to an episode of The Church of What's Happening Now, cocksucker, alongside Lee Syatt, the flying Jew, right? <laughs> listening to an episode of The Church of What's Happening Now, this is somewhere in like 2015 or something, I'm listening to an episode. And, you know, Joey's going into his stories, right? And he's a master storyteller. And, you know, you, you hear these stories and they're like, you know, like setting hookers' wigs on fire, stealing, snorting coke, jail, piss tests, <laughs> you know, fucking ex-wives, you know, ex-wife from hell, just all this debauchery you're hearing. And you kind of, on one hand, you're laughing but on the other hand, too, you're like, wow, this man is a savage. It's a bit much. I mean, how much do I want to, you know, like, you don't really know what to make of it. You're you're somewhat in judgment. And then I hear him telling this story, you know, it's like, you know, dog, I'm telling you, the year was 1985. I was selling cars at a dealership. I was broke. I was snorting coke. And, I, you know, I used to, you know. I used to live in this little 20 square foot storage closet in a office building. And I'm telling you, there was no bathroom, no one, no running water, just a little cot on the ground. I'd sleep on the floor. And, you know, every time I had to take a shit, I would hang my ass out the window, take a shit. The little shit droppings would smear, slide down the window. You're listening to a story about a man, a grown man sticking his ass out the window taking a shit. And like in my head, when I would hear all his stories, they're crazy, they're hilarious, they're out there. But I'm also knowing from my background as a drunk, I'm like, well, I'm a drunken fucking fool. And I know that there's a lot of problems that I put on myself, right? And I know that I'm not proud of these things. And it's like, and I know that I'm trying to overcome these things. I see that in myself. So when I hear these seemingly unrepentant stories of comedy savagery from Coco Diaz, you're just like, you know, like they are funny, but they're a bit like, you know what I mean? Then he had a guest. He had, he had a guest. It was like one of his comedy friends that he'd known for years. So they had like a rapport. They were comfortable with each other, right? So Joey's going into his tales of woe. I used to hang my ass out the window taking a shit. Then his friend would his uh, friend was like Joey, okay, like I know you've had problems, but you did not have to stick your ass out the window to take a shit. That was a choice you chose to hang your ass out the window, take a shit. You chose that. Don't tell me that just because you were snorting coke and you were broke, your only option to take a shit was to hang your ass out of a window, bare ass, full frontal, you know, bareback. And shit out the window. Don't tell me that was your only option. And like a pro, like, best comic timing. 
like just like complete comic timing just I used to hang my ass out the window take a shit snorting coke <laughs> just the way he just paused as if like what the guy said didn't even sink in he's just going on with his story you did not have to shit out the window you did not have to do that that was a choice you chose to shit out the window I hung my ass out the window, took a shit. <laughs> Tremendous, Jack. And I was just like, wow, man, what a dirtbag. I love it. But I'm scared. And I'm confused. I, I don't know. Why am I listening to this? Why am I listening to this? What is this doing for me? Well, what is this doing for me? At the end of that episode, you know, Joey goes into all sorts of stories and he's just letting his heart spill out right and his guest his guest uh his friend the guy that had called him on the bs about hanging your ass out the window that friend he goes wow joey you know always great talking to you and just your stories man and just wow just What a life, what a, what mayhem, what craziness, what, like, debauchery. And then Joey goes, yeah, but I redeemed myself. I want to give a shout out to Manscaped, motherfuckers. When you shave the edges, the tree stands taller. I want to give a shout out to my fucking sponsors, um, stamps.com. Whenever you're sending mail by fucking U.S. mail, dog, I'm telling you, you're going down to the fucking post office. It's a fucking nightmare. You have to smoke a joint, snort a line of coke just to fucking... <laughs> you're like, wow. Like, that simple line kind of shone some light for me on the whole situation. Like, all of a sudden, I kind of understood the heart of this gentleman of this savage, you know? But I redeemed myself. But I redeemed myself. But he redeemed himself. And that's kind of when the hook got snagged on me. I'm like, a fucking, yeah, I'll rock with this. I love, I, you know, the Church of What's Happening Now, Joey Coco Diaz, Lee Syatt, the Flying Jew. I'm like, yeah, I could rock with this. You know what I mean? Because up until that point, you just, you know, you hear these stories and if you hear them seemingly out of context, like burning a fucking hooker's wig on fire, punching a nun, you know, hanging your ass out the window to take a shit, robbing every fucking chance you get, like you hear it and you're just like, uh, right? But deep down, there's that heart. That heart that anyone who, who's going through something understands and trying to overcome, and trying to redeem yourself, and just told through the lens of a complete comedy savage. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's the value I saw in the Church of What's Happening Now. Um, That's the value that I saw in, um, you know, that I see in his, um, in, like, the comedy that I would watch online, you know, um, Saw a special, couple specials online, hearing them on Rogan. And, you know, the Church of What's Happening Now, that, um, that, oh man, like, that's, that kind of, 
kind of sparked my interest in his work. And like, it would just motivate you. It would motivate you for a day, as I mentioned, you know, like for myself, like the the comic on the come up, out on the grind, out drunk doing shows, out running from gig to gig. And in the morning, you're waking up, you know, it's fucking, fucking five, six o'clock in the morning. You got to get your ass up and go work as a general laborer, you know, as a rented mule for the day, you know, you, you know, I'd be walking up the hill on my way to the construction site, on my way to whatever. I was out drunk all night doing stand up, just kind of wondering what the future would be. And, you know, I throw on my headphones, light up a cigarette, you know, you know, put on the sunglasses, you know, hit play on that cell phone or the MP3 player. And, you know, I want to give you my love, every inch of my love. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? You know, Uncle Joey, church of what's happening now, alongside Lee Syatt, the flying Jew. You need schooling, and it ain't no fooling. Girl, you need me, and I'm drooling. I want to give you my love, every inch of my love. Whole lot of love. Not a whole lot of love. Drop your cocks and grab your socks, motherfucker, you know? I want to see nothing but assholes and elbows. The church of what's happening now, motherfucker. It's a beautiful day to be alive. Someone's sucking your dick today, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. We're robbing with three hands today. I want to give you my love. Every inch of my love. All I love. All I love. Like a doctor. Like a soldier. It would amp you the fucker, Uncle Joey. You're going up the fucking hill to your stupid-ass job, pushing a shovel on a fucking chain gang somewhere, trying to make a couple bucks to grab a six-pack, maybe a gram of weed, you know, go do a stand-up comedy set at some fucking shit bar somewhere. You know what I mean? That shit got me through it in them times, man. In them, In them times, you know? So, you know, that's the value. That's like the value, man. That that from the heart, heart to heart understanding, you know? I don't even know the guy. I mean, it's just like, that's just, I mean, through an inspirational story. And that's what he is, a master storyteller, right? Tremendous. So, you know, through this masterful storytelling, Church of What's Happening Now, Uncle Joey's joint, you know, tremendous, this um, book, The Life of a Comedy Savage, it's a further exploration if you're interested in his work and if it speaks to you. It's definitely, you know, well worth it, you know what I mean? And it, it brings some of the stories that you've been heard, that you've been hearing, it brings some of the stories that, you know, as a fan, we've been hearing. It, it brings more context, what he was going through. And especially with the childhood stuff. 
because it's like, yeah, like when I first hear him and I hear his stories, it's a little off-putting. It's a little unsettling. But then you start to realize, wow, like through the childhood, how we can all understand in one way or another, you know, through our childhoods, we were all set up, set up to go down paths, good or bad, right or wrong, and to to, you know, have our trials and tribulations. Like something also that I relate with the story. His mother passed away at the age of 48, very young. My mother passed away, age of 48, very young. And these were women that did the best they could for their children, but they were very troubled, very troubled women that, in a sense, set the children up. I saw that in my own life, and I definitely see that in, you know, Uncle Joey's story. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a mother lo- who loves her son to- loves her son more than anything, but she's a troubled woman and in a sense the ch- the children get set up, set up, set up for a life of questioning, instability. So, you know, you definitely understand that and you get a sense of where Uncle Joey's coming from. In um tremendous you know what I mean? And the masterful storytelling again, you know, just the story, you, you know, just, you just relate to it. You know, it's like, dog, I'm telling you, it was 1994. I used to go down to Chucky's Diner down there on Penny and Boulevard Lane, get myself a chicken dinner, you know, on the cuff. You know, Chucky knew I was good for it. And matter of fact, motherfuck Chucky, fuck that rat bastard, you know, fuck him. And, and, uh, you know, dog, you know, I, Fuck him, I never paid him back. But um, anyway, you know, I'll go get a chicken dinner down at Chucky's Diner with the, you know, coleslaw and the kidney beans. The kidney beans that I like with a little bit of mustard sauce. You know, uh, motherfuck blue cheese and uh, ranch dressing. None of that shit. Get myself a chicken dinner. Um, glass of Coke, lots of ice, you know. And, uh, you know, I go back to my car. That's if it wasn't towed. Go to my car and go park it behind a dumpster somewhere. And, you know, you know, I'll be... Snorting coke and smoking dope and, you know, just, you know, I have my little blanket from Kmart, some little shitty rat blanket that I've been using for years that I stole from a Kmart, you know, and I make myself a little bed and, you know, I go over my, uh, dog, I'm telling you, I go over my fucking joke book, go over my joke book, I'm just reading my jokes, living in the back of a car, and I would just cry dog I would just cry and cry and cry breaks your heart you know what I mean like you just relate to it like from a human level of just being down on your luck doing the best you can you relate to it and you know for the entertainers out there the idea of struggling for your craft striving for your craft you know I remember them days too in my own story of just the uncertainty and the the spending of time alone and the the pain in it at times you know what I mean and that's what this whole search is for the search is to overcome so so you can stand proud and be peaceful in your own company you know what I mean and it can take years years as uncle joey would say you know so um 
Definitely a tremendous read. Tremendous. The Life of a Comedy Savage by Joey Coco Diaz with Erica Florentine. Highly recommend. Um, Required reading for any comedian, any person interested in comedy and, you know, Hollywood pop culture. And, um, you know... And definitely for the person, um, for the person who is interested in, um, you know, humor and self-help, overcoming, overcoming, you know what I mean? That's um, the takeaway message that I definitely got from the book, you know? Like a doctor, like a soldier, you know? You did it, Uncle Joey, and thank you. Yes. So, what's going on with me? Um, moving along here in the show. Um, I quit swimming lessons. Yeah, fuck them. I told you guys um, a couple weeks ago I was uh, taking swimming lessons. Now, first of all, I mean, I hung in there pretty long. I mean, you know, I got what I could out of it, but it was just coming to a point of diminishing returns, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, they got us paired with the juniors, you know? There's like a fucking junior swim class, like right next door to me as I'm doing a swim class. Like right in the same, like, you know, in the shallow end. We're all in the shallow end, right? None of us can swim. So, you know, the first day we had to evacuate the pool because, you know, somebody peed in the pool, right? I remember like, the fucking swim coach is like, everybody out of the pool, everybody out of the pool. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, what happened? It's like, there was this little girl, I remember, she was like shivering. She had like a, she had her towel around her and she was standing there and she goes, somebody peed in the pool. Somebody peed in the pool. She was like looking at me. Somebody peed in the pool. It's like, what are you looking at, Junior? Probably you fucking peed in the pool, you little brat. Right? So it's like, people are pissing in the pool. One day somebody threw up. There was like puke on the side of the fucking pool. And like this woman in my class, she's just like, what is that? Oh my God. There's vomit on the side of the fucking thing. Shut it down. We want to clean it up. Clean it up. And my swim instructor's like, well, I can't clean it up and teach the class, you know? So it's either we put it, it's either we block it off and we continue with the class or we go and we get maintenance and everybody gets out of the pool. But I can't clean it and teach the class at the same time. But there's vomit on the ground. Da, da, da. That was another disgusting disgusting debacle. Somebody puked on the side of the pool. So like there's all these little roadblocks. And then when you get in the pool, I mean it wasn't like one on one coaching. And um I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna blame, but it just kinda wore thin. It just you know, I knew that the reason for quitting these lessons is not so much that I don't want to rise to the challenge. It's, um, it's, you know how sometimes you be in a situation and you can just see this is just kind of inefficient? I saw that I'm just kind of wasting time there. But what I am going to do is continue my, um, continue my journey and my interest and my, passion for swimming 
I'm going to keep on swimming. I'm going to keep going forward. And I'm going to make a point to get in the water. Splash, splash, splash. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of weird, though. You know what I mean? Ugh. But hey, man, that's life. Sometimes, um, you know, it's funny. Um, I consider the situation a lot funnier in my head. Though there were some funny parts, you know, kids pissing in the pool. Somebody peed in the pool. And the vomit on the side of the fucking pool. But as I'm speaking, there's a sense of kind of a little bit of regret. You know, I mean, it's like I'm quitting the class. But it's just like, it's it's basically pulling the plug on a dead situation. I mean, the situation is, there's only two more classes left. It's been stupid from start to end. Just done. I'd rather strike out on my own and be independent. And, you know, that's a good lesson, you know, sometimes to know when, hey, sometimes you do have to just pull the plug and, you know, salvage the remains of the day. Salvage what is left to salvage. I want to save my time. I want to save my energy. I want to stay motivated for swimming. So I don't want to bother myself with this weird situation anymore. I just want to move on to the next thing. So that's really what I'm doing. I'm moving on to the next phase of my swimming journey. I'm going to start trying to swim at least twice a month, right? Because when you think about it, if you go swimming twice a month, that's 24 swims in a year. How often do people usually swim? That's quite a bit of practice. So I'm going to try to get in at least two times a month. I'm going to try to... um, And continue with what I'm learning. You can learn so much online. I mean, I was getting more information on YouTube videos than I was really getting in the class, to be honest, right? So that's also a good lesson to know that, you know, you can always teach yourself and motivate yourself. And yes, I am quitter. (laughs) I'm a fucking lousy quitter, but um, that's what it is. Fuck that class. So anyway, that's what's going on with my swimming endeavors. And I put it all on myself in case my swim coach is watching. I put it on myself, you know what I mean? Don't take it to a personal, buddy. I mean, you are a bit of a weirdo, but like, truth of the matter is it's my own problem. Um, also, <clears throat> also, um, Pride Month. Here we are at the end of May. June 1st marks the beginning of Pride Month in um, the Western world. North America, for sure. So, you know, I don't know. I've spoken on Pride themes and Pride issues in the past. Um, I think I'm going to take a breather, take a little staycation, a little getaway from the whole Pride discussion. I'm sick of it. Sick of hearing about people's sexual behaviors broadcast as if it's something that people should be thinking about. Like, people's own personal sexual preferences are their own business, shouldn't be promoted and pushed in public. Even heterosexual, when you see like a heterosexual couple, a man and a woman making out in public, something disgusting about it, isn't it? Like, oh, get a room. You don't want to watch a bunch of strangers 
kissing and slopping over each other. It's gross. So then when you see, you know, a gay couple doing it, I mean, come on. It's not much better. So people's sexuality should be stayed to themselves. They had it right in the 90s, in my opinion. Don't ask, don't tell. It's an alternative lifestyle. Go on, do your thing. Keep it out of everybody's face. Right? So I ain't going to be speaking much about pride issues this year. I'm just kind of sick of it. It's been getting banged over the head relentlessly online, in the media. But I would like to take a quick moment to um, donate my time. I'd like to donate some time here to making fun of homosexuals. Because um, as a comedian, which I am, um, you know, it's part of my due diligence and my calling and my craft to, you know, make fun where I see fun to be made. If I see something as humorous, then I have a due diligence to try to do something with it, try to make it funny. You know, that's just what I'm about. I'm a comedian, right? And I pride myself, uh, no pun intended, not in the... uh, not in the sense, but I do pride myself on the fact that I don't just like go for shock value, making fun of things just to make fun of things. You know, it's like if I see a point, if I see an angle, then I go for it. I don't just say things to be shocking, right? I mean, and in what, and who's shocked anymore anyways? Like there ain't nothing new under the sun. Like what shocks people in this day and age anyways? But people are very highly emotional and controlled by their feelings which I understand to an extent. I'm working through my own uh, issues as well. But I would like to donate some time right now to making fun of homosexuals. Because, hey, you know, they, um, they, they, um, they, they too have the same right to service that I give every other group. You know, I make fun of women, make fun of black people, make fun of Chinese people, I make fun of, you know, disabled people, I make fun of whatever. So, they have the same right to get the same service that I give every other group. So, you know, lately, you know, it's really tough for a man out there in this day and age. You know, women hate us and gay dudes are being like put on a pillar where it's like you can't even question the wrong dude. Like, you know, a gay man like, you know, gets drunk and runs over a family Oh, you're just discriminating against that drunk driver because he's gay. Not because he killed fucking a mother, a father, and three kids. It's because he's gay that you want to take him to court. Not because he's a drunk driver who broke the law and killed five people. Like, it's, it's getting to the point you can't call a minority group on their behavior without it being called a hate crime, right? It's tough out there for a dude because women hate us. And gay dudes are being put on a pedestal where their weird old behavior is just accepted. And if you say anything, then you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. I'm walking down the street. Um, this is a old story, actually. I've been meaning to get to this. This was like several months ago. I'm walking down the street. Now, if you live in a big city, you know how anxious and mental traffic can be. They begrudge you the right of way. It's almost like if you have a green light to walk, a car will zip up on you with impatience as if you're wasting their time. Hurry up, run across the intersection, run. 
even though you have the right of way, right? They have such impatience and they drive like lunatics. People are getting hit, injured, and killed every day in the newspaper. You're always hearing about pedestrian struck and killed, pedestrian severely injured, pedestrian hit. These stories are all the time, right? So I'm walking up to like a intersection and I, I feel this car just zipping up on me, right? Zipping up on me even though I have the right of way. There's like maybe 10 seconds left to the green light. I mean, sure, it is saying to stop, but I technically have the right of way over the car, the car that's trying to make a, I guess, a left-hand turn, right? So I have the, I have the right of way, but I could feel their, their impatience, right? The vehicle. So I'm like, I just, you know, I, I turn and I look back and I see like, as I stop to kind of, I stop to like recalibrate my action, right? So I stop and I kind of look and I see like this kind of a guy. I mean, you know, I'm talking about a looking dude. He's just like staring at me from like half a block away. He's like, I don't know, like, like I said, like maybe several, several feet away from me, like maybe half a block I don't know, whatever the fuck, I'm not good with distances like that, you know what I mean? I'm a recovering alcoholic, I don't know shit. So I don't know, he's like a, I don't know, he's like half a block away, and I see him just staring at me, right? I'm like, oh God. So like, I see him, and then I turn around, and I'm, I'm staring at the crosswalk, and I got the car just like revving up next to me, so I just kind of, I'm kind of, uh, you know, car almost hit me, gay guy staring at me, do I walk, do I stop? I don't know, I just kind of stop. So, the light turns red and I'm waiting to cross. Then, as I'm waiting, that gay guy comes sidling up next to me. You know, you could have made that light, you know. I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, um, traffic's crazy, I didn't want to risk it. It looked like the guy was going to run me over. Oh, so where are you off to? Doing a little shopping today? I'm going to the gym. I'm like, okay, yeah, buddy. And I just walk off, right? I'm like, have a good one, bud. He goes, yeah, you too. And I walk. Chat me up. Where are you going? I'm going to the gym. You know, you could have made that red light, you know. You could have made that light, you know. Or I could have got hit by a car and, you know, paralyzed. It's like the idea of he was watching. I knew he was watching me, right? And he, in his mind, I stopped so I could talk to him. It's like, dude, not every single moment is an, an opportunity to get some gay sex. Like, dude, like, I didn't want anything to do with you. You're delusional. I stopped because traffic's mental and that car might have hit me. That's the only reason why I stopped. But in his mind, I stopped to talk to him. You know, you could have made that light, you know. He thought he, he saw it as an opportunity to chat me up. And I find that so interesting because it's so mental. And it's the same way in which, you know, you hear a lot of women in this day and age, they complain. And I agree with them. I don't agree with everything in the whole feminist, feminist movement. I don't agree with everything. But some things are true where it's like, you know, men often make unwanted advances. They see a situation in the lens of, oh, um... She must have wanted. She must have wanted me to come up to her and offer her some cock. I mean, she was wearing a dress. 
You know what it means when a woman wears a dress. That means she wants to fuck you. Like, just mental shit like that. Same thing with that dude. It's like, all I did was stop for a red light. I didn't want, I wanted no interaction with this fool walking up on me. You know, you could have made that light, you know. So where are you going? You look like you work out. I'm going to the gym. All right, buddy, have a good one. And I just walk off, right? Fucking weirdo talking at me and shit. A grown-ass man. Walking up on another man, talking like a dummy, like a weirdo, like a... I mean, you know. And I didn't ask for it. It was in his mind. Another situation. I ordered a pizza. Ordered a pizza couple weeks ago. I go to pick up the pizza. Working behind the till, uh, he's like part owner, part operator, I think. It's like a family business. There's a guy that I've never seen before. You know, I've ordered from that pizza place before, but this dude I've never seen before because if I did, I'd remember. I walk into the pizza parlor, right? He's just like, giving you the Ritz, giving you the mustard, putting on the Ritz, right? Just looking at me, right? Eyes are beaming. I'm just like, he's like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm here for a pickup. I got that pizza. Then he goes, oh, that's your pizza. It's your, oh, this is your pizza. You ordered the pizza. It's your pizza. You ordered the pizza. Oh, this is your pizza? Now, you would think that a man who sells um, pizza for a living wouldn't be so confused that or so um, surprised that someone would, I don't know, call and order a pizza from his pizza parlor. I mean, you wouldn't think that would be so, I don't know, surprising or weird or of interest. But, you know, I know what this dude's doing. He's trying to put on the Ritz, talk to me, chat me up. An unwanted advance. Oh, so this is your pizza? You're the one who ordered pizza. This is your pizza? Eyes just a twinkling. This is your pizza? Believe it or not, yeah. I ordered a pizza once in my life. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I go to pay for it, right? I'm about to leave. After I pay for it, he goes, So what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm just taking it easy. Oh, you're not going to hang out with friends? Or not hanging out with friends? And... You know, what are, you, what are you doing now? I'm like, oh, no, I'm just chilling out. Oh, it's not good to be alone. You should hang out. You know, you should really, you know, see people and hang out, make a make a effort to connect. And oh, you just you just hanging out tonight? Well, the very second I get the fuck out of here, I was planning to eat this pizza. I mean, that's why I ordered it. If, if I ever do leave this place, it's like tripping me up in this dumbass conversation. You ordered a pizza? Another unwanted advance now i thought that was kind of strange and i felt like he was hitting on me and don't get it wrong don't get it twisted i'm not some homophobe who thinks that anytime a man talks to me that means he must be trying to suck my cock like i'm not some weirdo like that all right i'm not some uh overreacting bigot like that all right i know the difference between just friendly banter and some dude trying to get a little you know action so to speak so i thought that was kind of weird i'm like is this guy this guy's obviously chatting me up it's weird 
And I started thinking to myself, oh my God, do I, I can't go to this pizza parlor no more. I've got some weirdo working here. It's like a neighborhood pizza parlor, right? Well, against my better judgment, like maybe two weeks ago, I order a pizza again for pickup. I go to pick the pizza up. Same dude's working there. I walk through the front door. I see him behind the till. Then he gives me the creepiest look I've seen in a dog's age. He goes, For any of you audiophiles out there, I was making a weird coy face with my tongue, teasingly hanging out the side of my mouth. You know, he had his tongue coming out of his mouth and he's giving me this weird stare. Can I help you? Did you order a pizza? I paid for that pizza, walked the fuck out of there, and as soon as I got home, I have their menu. I have their printed menu in my apartment, like in the cutlery drawer. I took the menu from their restaurant and I threw it right into the recycle bin. And just to prove to you that I don't hate, you know, the gays, I could have crumpled that uh, menu up, right? I could have crumpled it up and threw it in the recycle bin. But I took it out and I just gently put it into the recycle bin. Let it go. I'm just... Not a part of your lifestyle, buddy. His coy ass looks. You know what I mean? So happy Pride Month, though I will be um, staying home this whole month as a staycation. That was an old joke of mine. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Perfect time for a staycation. (laughs) What are you doing for vacation this Pride Month? I'm taking a staycation from all these weirdos staying at home. So, I mean... Yo, God bless the community of the uh, LGBTQ plus and beyond. Um, Hey, all I know is that I calls it like I sees it. I see that they're caught up in their lusts. They're they're in their lust. They're um, acting just as lustful and as debauched as a heterosexual person would be if they're, you know... uh, the heterosexual man or woman that jumps into bed with, you know, women and men, you know, just the heterosexual player, they're just as deprived, the LGBTQ plus community. It's just a lustful, you know, impractical way of living. It's really all-consuming when you're bound by your lusts and your base desires. So, hey. That's their lifestyle. They have the right to be that way. Just, in my view, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Don't ask, don't tell. It's your alternative lifestyle. It's your business and of no interest to anyone else. That's my point. And especially children. Got no right going around to schools trying to peddle your stupid agenda. Kids are there to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're not there to hear your stupid woe stories about your confused lifestyle. Keep it to yourself. Go out and enjoy your life on your terms to yourself. And that's for any heterosexual person in any 
spectrum person, LGBTQ plus or whatever. It's the same deal. Keep it to yourself. Your sexual business is no one's business. And it's not something to be paraded and promoted. Hallelujah. Well, that about does it for another episode of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Certainly enjoyed speaking with y'all this episode. Many things coming down the pike, coming down the pipe, as I am a actor, stand-up comedian, podcaster, extraordinaire. Performer to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Many blessings, many things to come, as I always say. And we live to see another day. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran. Signing off from duty on this magnificent May 31st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Tremendous! Joey Coco Diaz, the life of a comedy savage. I quit swimming lessons. Fuck those weirdos. Um, Pride Month. Whatever you may think about it. The show's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Odyssey, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out already. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight. Peace.